did a film called Cat and Mouse, I guess. Oh. I'll tell you what, at the end of the, I could get a list on IMDb and we'll go through and I'll tell you which Johnny Toe movies I've seen. Ooh, Ovaltine. Yeah, that's right. That's another drink. thing. Like, it's so... I don't know what's the word. It's it's like there's a lot of us over there. Do you, I guess that's the influence of England, I guess. Well, that England brought over Ovaltine to Hong Kong? That would make sense. Yeah. Ovaltine's known as an American brand. Remember, they sponsored Little Orphan Annie, remember, on yep. the radio? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, now we're global. That's different. But what I mean is the influence of the English is why they have English all over the place, I guess. And Well, he has a hot water dispenser that's used for tea. Or like powdered like coffee or powdered mm-hmm. Ovaltine, so that's that's kind of British. Well, that's more European, I guess. It's more European, it's like that. Coffee. Like you go to a hotel there, and there'll be a kettle for you, and you plug it in, yeah. and it just boils on its own. Welcome to another edition of Sounds from the Street. I am your humble host, uh, DJ Aisha, streaming live. On Instagram, uh, find me by my name, at Asha Spearman, uh, also streaming live at mutinyradio.fm. Uh, just want to give a shout out to Pam Benjamin. <laughs> it was nice to see her last week, and uh, this is the first time I've done a show three times in a row, which is kind of unheard of during a pandemic, so pretty excited about it. And yeah, just excited to read some music news for you guys. The Helltones will be here soon, uh, possibly playing some tracks uh, for you guys live in the studio. And yeah, it's been kind of an interesting week, I guess, you know, so it seems like things are opening up in San Francisco, around the country, around the world, things are improving. Uh, looks like Instagram was paused and now it's back. Uh, yeah, no, it was really great coming into the studio and hearing it's a previous airing of, uh, another show here at Mutiny, but they were doing, it sounds like they were doing either a remote interview or an actual phone interview. Uh, I'd love to talk to that person. I had the damnedest luck doing uh, landline phone interviews here in the studio. Don't ask me why, just the worst luck. So I kind of transitioned from that into pre-recorded interviews, which were a little bit better, usually depending on uh, what software program you're using, much better sound quality. Uh, but again, it's great to be here in the Mission at 2781 21st Street uh, in uh, the Mission District of San Francisco. Again, we're going to have the Helltones in about half an hour or so. It's also nice to be able to do a mic check. Can I just say that? Did not really take place before the pandemic. It's just kind of uh, moseying. I think that's the word I want to use. Moseying here into the studio, kind of making it all make sense before the guests get here. It's always a little bit more professional that way, I have to say. But anyways, uh, you guys might be tuning in because you want to hear some music news. Well, I definitely found a couple stories for you. So I guess we can start off with that. Let's see at the enemy.com. It seems to be uh, my site of choice the past, I don't know, 
I wouldn't say 10 years, but the past couple of years. So anyways, let's see. From the enemy.com, uh, fans react to the Smiles' uh, Glastonbury debut. Tom York unreleasing his inner demented punk. Who would have thought? Uh, Radiohead's Tom York and Johnny Greenwood have formed a new band with the sons of Kemet drummer Tom Skinner. And this is by... Uh, Rianne Daly. The Smile, the new band comprised of Radiohead's Tom York and Johnny Greenwood and Sons of Kemet's Tom Skinner gave their debut live performance tonight. Keep in mind it's already tomorrow in the UK, Europe, and other countries. The new group played as part of Glastonbury's Live at Worthy Farm livestream event, which was filmed at various spots across the iconic festival site. The Smile's involvement was only announced hours before the live stream began. While the set offered fans the first chance to hear music by the new project, which York dubbed a collaboration with Nigel Godrich. York said little during the performance, but did offer an explanation of the band's name, which was inspired by a Ted He's poem. Ladies and gentlemen, we are called the smile, he said at one point. Not the smile as in, ah, more the smile of the guy who lies to you every day. <laughs> During and after the band's performance, fans took to Twitter to share their reactions to the set and songs. Fantastic, but the smile just sound like a pared back radio head. Question mark, question mark, question mark. One Twitter user wrote, later, after more songs had been aired, they added, I'm fucking real. York unleashing his inner demented punk, love it. And that was by Derval McClote. Love the name, and his handle is at Dervswerve. Very catchy. And he said, uh, somebody else said, I see Tom York in the smile, keeping a nice party atmosphere, another wrote. And okay, I am in love with the smile, someone else added. Love the vibe, love the songs, vocals, love the tom bass, all amazing. And I guess there are more reactions. I guess I missed out, or some of us missed out. I'm sure there might be uh, some clips available online at some point. Lots of reactions. The Smile is one of the coolest Wii projects I have seen in a long time. Excellent. That last song was genius. Wow, this that this wasn't what I expected. <laughs> That's my reinterpretation. Wild, raw, angry. Hashtag The Smile. Hashtag Glastonbury. Before the live stream kicked off, organizer Emily Evis said the Glastonbury team were truly honored that Tom and Johnny have chosen our live stream event to premiere their brand new project. The live at Worthy Farm live stream event faced technical difficulties this evening, of course, with thousands of fans unable to enter the stream with their access codes. Evis later apologized for the issues and promised the full concert would be shown tomorrow. So what do you know? We all have something to do on May 23rd. Amazing. I actually have to fix something right quick. Hold one moment. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, there we go. Uh, I was so excited reading that story that the headphones became unplugged. So as you can imagine, while I was reading that story to you guys, I was like, I hope they can hear me. Speaking of technical difficulties, but it's amazing. The microphones are working at 100% right now. Uh, it's great to be able to hear myself while I'm on the air. 
and uh you know just chit chat cheerio with you guys and uh find some some interesting you know hopefully music related i can never promise anything but that's always the goal here on this show actually it's always been the goal well i want to say at least the past five to eight years since i've been here that's been pretty much the goal so here's another one for you Another great band that I happened to see with Johnny Kwan and Crystal was about seven years ago. We saw the Pet Shop Boys, and they are sharing an orchestral new song called Cricket Wife, and it's taken from their yearly book release, Annually, by Rianne Daly. And if you haven't heard me talk about them before, or it's been a minute, it was a really standout you know, fantastic program. So uh, being able to see them live, it's definitely a cross between like theater, performance art, uh, obviously musical, very just kind of, you know, pushing the boundaries, if you will. Almost like a cross between, you know, Cirque du Soleil, Art House, and, you know, obviously 80s music, if you're a fan of that time period. It's, uh, they're definitely a good representation of that era for sure. But Nonetheless, fantastic show, good memories, and they have a new song out. Uh, They shared a new 10-minute long single called Cricket Wife. Scroll down the page to listen to it now. The track follows the duo's 2020 album, Hotspot, and was released yesterday, May 21st, alongside the arrival of their My Beautiful Laundrette EP to streaming services for the first time. Cricket Wife is one side of a two-track single that was shared as part of the band's annually. 2021. Imagine that, we're almost halfway through the year. This year's edition of their yearly annual release. The other side of the single takes the form of a lockdown version of their classic hit West End Girls. Excuse me, as I lose my voice. The new track clocks in at 10 minutes long, exactly, and is laden with orchestral sounds. Neil Tennant and Chris Lowe recorded their parts in their respective homes, and the song finds Tennant singing, Where are my shoes? My coat? My hat? Just get me out. I smell a rat. And if you want to listen to uh, Cricket Wife, I guess there's a, a video for it on YouTube. The pair were due to hit the road in May 2020. Do not load an ad. Oh, crap. (laughs) One moment, please. Uh, The pair were due to hit the road in May 2020 for their Greatest Hits tour, but were forced to postpone the dates until 2021. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, they will now perform for their fans next summer as social distancing restrictions continue to put a hold on live music. Dream World, The Greatest Hits Live, will now begin in Vienna, Austria, on May 12, 2022, with UK shows beginning in Manchester a week later. Pet Shop Boys are also due to tour North America, I was wondering about this as I was reading the story, with New Order later this year. Yes! Uh, (laughs) I thought they were going to say, sorry, that's also been rescheduled. Uh, definitely thinking about shilling out some cash for this one. Uh, those shows were originally meant to take place last year, uh, naturally. Meanwhile, the band have recently seen a huge increase in streams of their song It's a Sin, thanks to the Channel 4 TV show of the same name. Since the program first aired in the UK on January 22nd, the sales and streaming figures for the song have increased by uh, 249%. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's the right number, but it does say 249 right next to one another, standing side by side. So I guess, you know, when they talk about profits uh, in corporate America, I guess that makes sense. Sales and streaming figures, eh? That's pretty exciting. Well, let's see. We have time for some more music news before uh, we have some guests joining us. Let's see what other things are going on. It seems to be, you know, bands are, if they haven't been doing live streaming they're kind of, they're especially the past couple of weeks or so i've been seeing you know a lot of festivals were announced like uh beach life was i think it was either yesterday it was probably yesterday i think it was announced uh that's happening september 10th uh through 12th uh, later this year. I've tried to go in previous years. It's a relatively new festival. Obviously, it's on the beach, uh, Redondo Beach to be exact. Just trying not to kick the, kick the thing again. Uh, and SoCal, of course, looks pretty awesome. But yeah, I've tried to go in years past. Uh, didn't have much luck, but I'm curious, you know, if, if things will be different this year. Um, I'm not going to count on it, but what caught my eye in terms of the lineup this year is Jane's Addiction, number one. Actually, I kind of didn't believe it at first. I was like, what? Jane's Addiction? That's always been on my list. What are you, what are you talking about? Uh, let's see. Cage the Elephant is also playing uh, that Friday, uh, September 10th. The Revivalists, Silver Sun Pickups, Larkin Poe, Save Ferris. That was a great show. That was about four years ago I saw them. Uh, at the Independent. Uh, the White Buffalo, I feel like I've interviewed them at some point. I, I feel like exactly, I have exactly, I should probably, that's another uh, project I have for myself is to go through some of the the older, you know, shows that I've done and kind of highlight what are some of those great shows, because apparently I haven't done that in about 10 years. Uh, it's been, it's been a minute. Let's see, who else is playing on September 10th? Tomorrow's Bad Seeds, Tom Curran, Zella Day, Trevor Keith, Face to of uh, Face to the band Face to Face. I'm pretty sure I saw them, didn't I? No, I mix up Face to Face with Pennywise, and I don't know why. Maybe they sound very similar. Kevin Sousa Band, uh, and Country Breakfast. So those are the announced acts for Friday, September 10th at Beach Life Festival, in case you're wondering. Of course, you can go to their website to find out more, beachlifefestival.com. And let's see, Saturday also sounded kind of interesting. Counting Crows I saw many years ago. Fits in the Tantrums, Men at Work, The Wallflowers. Actually, we saw Counting Crows and The Wallflowers. That was pretty cool. Kim, Phosphorescent, Sugar Ray. Always wanted to see Sugar Ray. Uh, English Beat, saw them. Jim Lindbergh of Pennywise. Uh, Mother Hips, The Aqua Dolls. Jason DeVore of Authority Zero. Steve Caballero. Slackstring, Hope Wadley, and Joker's Hand. Okay. Those are some, actually for me, some of those I've never heard of before. So so who knows um, if uh, Mutiny Radio or Sounds from the Street is invited. Uh, you never know what you might get to experience, right? Yeah, that's something I've been thinking about, especially the past year. Like, oh yeah, it was, it was great to, um, you know, I'm glad I got to that show early because I caught so-and-so, um, one of the bands that sticks out for me. I, 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 I would have maybe found out about them years later, but Le Boucherettes is like one of my favorite groups. 
uh, you know, from the past 10 to 15 years or so. And uh, my, an old coworker of mine, um, we, uh, we went to see the Stooges. Oh my God. <laughs> and that was pretty amazing, uh, being able to see the Stooges at the war field. And I think that was the first time I had been at a show where I knew Jello Biafra was there and he got up on stage uh, to dance with Iggy to uh, Shake Appeal. And that was pretty fucking amazing, <laughs> I have to say. And I think I was wearing like a ring that I had bought from uh, some, you know, Tibetan uh, world shop in, in Berkeley and it just came flying off and got lost in the pit. And I was like, that's my... That's my contribution to music tonight is being in attendance and uh, just sending this uh, sending this out to the universe, pretty much. So, ladies, don't wear any fancy, expensive jewelry to shows. Note to self. Uh, let's see, who else is playing at this festival before I got stuck on a tangent like I normally do? Always stuck on a tangent. Let's see, Sunday, so this would be September 12th, seems like seems like it's far away, but I feel like time's going by pretty fast so far. Uh, Ziggy and Stephen Marley, uh, they are, I believe they are either sons or direct relatives of Bob Marley. I feel like I should know this because uh, I actually saw Damien Marley. Uh, he opened for Snoop Dogg. That was like pff, 15 years ago when I first moved uh, to the Bay Area. Uh, but yeah, he had many children. Uh, from what I know, so that would be pretty cool. They're the headliners. And then Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals, Portugal the Man, Gary Clark Jr., Thievery Corporation. I feel like I have a story about them. I'll have to confirm, because I'm not quite sure it was the lead singer, but I think he might have been standing next to Crystal and I at a... At a Brazilian girls show off to Oscar. <sighs> Sometimes I need confirmation because I'm like, I think this happened, but I'm not really sure. It was a long time ago. Yeah, one of those things. Uh, Fortunate Youth, uh, G Love and the Special Sauce, uh, Brett Denon, Melvin Seals, and JGB with John Cadillac. I do not think I said that correctly. John Cadillac. I think that's correct. Don't quote me on it. Nikki Bloom, The Main Squeeze, Jason Cruz of Strung Out, D-E-N-M, Denim, Too Rude, Law, featuring Jacob Noel, the acoustic version, Kira Lingman, and V Torres, Davey Allen, and Gen 3. Again, I probably know a handful of those bands, or obviously, actually I saw Gary Clark Jr. Um, but yeah, some of those I... I, I think Davey Allen. I wonder if that's Dave Allen. Um, yeah, so it's hard to know everything. There's always something to learn in music. I, I've never, you've never heard me say, I'm a know-it-all. Sometimes I am. <laughs> I think it's a generational thing, right? I think it's when there's, um, you know, there's people that's older than me. They probably know more about music because they've been around a little bit longer. And then when there's people who are younger, they're kind of like, well, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder, wonder, wonder. And then I just kind of go off and, and do my thing and pretend that I know everything about music when I do not. Oh my gosh, there's a lineup that was supposed to be last year and did not happen. That's a shame. 
But good news is uh, some of those bands who were supposed to be there last year are going to be there this year. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, Steve Miller Band. <laughs> that was one that I was uh, kind of hoping to see. I was planning on making a trip out to Concord to see him and ended up not making it. I was like, that's a little bit of a trip. Especially when you're, you know, on the, the BART train by yourself, that sort of thing. So, yeah. But, um, no, it's uh, it's kind of exciting. Uh, you know, they might add some new groups as well. That's kind of the new thing to do as well, just kind of uh, adding adding acts as, uh, as time goes on. But uh, I'm looking forward to having uh, some live music for you guys a little bit later. And stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. Thank 
It'll be great to get out there again. And um, yeah, so the Hilltones are here. What's up? Great Hi. to have you guys. And I heard it's your first time here, but it's your second I, time. Yeah, they used to do like, you know, we'd have like uh, birthday parties and uh, what do you call it? Like DJs would, would be playing up in here, get a uh, gallery. Uh, openings that sort of thing but I think most uh, recently over the past year or so it's pretty much just been outdoor comedy like out uh, out on the street comedy and then occasional like bands come in um, I've had a couple bands come in and uh, they just kind of do their thing so <laughs> nice yeah I guess that's what happens here at Mutiny Radio and um, yeah I think we've been in we've been emailing each other for a couple weeks now or a couple months so I'm glad that I'm glad that we finally got to meet. Yeah, me too. I was actually, I was going to ask, how did you yeah. find us? Um, I think sometimes I put an ad on Craigslist. So it might have been a couple months ago where I was like on the fence about like, I don't know if I want to go back to the station. Things are getting kind of crazy. Uh, my nine to five is, uh, it's not really nine to five, but kind of a nine to five. Um, I'm a resume writer, career coach full time now. Uh, I used to work for corporate America for many years, but now I kind of, I work for myself. Oh yeah. So some weeks I'm like, oh my God, so drained. Mutiny can wait till next time. But then other times I'm like, but I miss it so much. I just, you know, just love, um, you know, meeting people. And then, you know, we used to go to shows like every week, at least like one show a week, uh, sometimes more than one. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, it's going to be interesting, like how, you know, how it's going to, how it's going to play out over the next, you know, cu couple months. I guess I was reading online about what the what the parameters are going to be, but a lot of festivals have been announced. A lot of bands, like, especially in the last week or so, were like, hey, we're touring. Don't forget about us. <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of, I feel like the, so. the places that are not just venues are opening up way faster. Like, if it's a, if it's a restaurant or, like, an outdoor festival type yeah. thing, those are getting set up. All the venues that I think about when I think music venue, though, you know, like Bottom of the Hill and the Legion yeah. there, they're trailing a little bit behind for whatever reason. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait till like the local venue venues open up again. Yes, it's gonna be amazing. Um, there's one. I live in downtown San Francisco, so there's uh, one venue that's really close to my place, and it used to be called Ruby Sky, which I was not a fan of, and then it became August Hall, which I became a really big fan of, and that was maybe a year they opened a year before the pandemic so they they started building a following had some great acts there like rivers cuomo did like a special show there that was really cool um yeah just stuff like that and then of course when the pandemic happened it was like guess i'll have to wait for the next one um but yeah no it's it's it was kind of interesting uh you know with venues kind of new venues opening up before the pandemic even so that that surprised me 
Yeah, I like the pandemic style architecture, the like yeah. outdoor patio with the corrugated tin roof and the like wooden sides. They like they all look exactly the same, but I feel like yeah. it's the the you, style you, of 2020. Like you, you can hang right? out. You can hang out, but you can't hang out inside. Yeah. The inside's outside. String lights. String lights are are outside. out in a big way. Yeah. And by out, I mean in. I don't know why I just said out. <laughs> It depends who you ask, right? It's very subjective. Yeah, I like string lights. String lights. The string light industry right now is booming. They're loving it. We should. We should have invested. We should have invested in string lights. Son of a gun. Smash that invest button. Speaking of investing, is that something you guys have been doing over the past year? I know. Is it Dogecoin? Is that? I tried. For, I tried for one second yeah. and was like, "This is not for me." Like, it's. I. I think what I did was after the whole GME thing. I. I already had an E Trade account that I used for like. Like long term and like a retirement, I have like a little core portfolio that I just like put a little bit of money in. But right. I was like, "Oh, GME is making bank for people. I'm gonna get into this as a day trader." Totally, it, it did not work. It didn't work. No, it didn't work. You gotta be patient. You gotta not need the money. Right. You have you have to not need it. That's that's it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like I had, so, I saved some money before the pandemic, so I'm like, I have a little like retirement nest egg thing. Could be bigger. Glad it's there. And then, yeah, it's just kind of nerve wracking for me. Like, like I don't need the money, but I'm like, I want to have the same amount when I go to log in. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I just, so, I, I think yeah. the craziest thing that happened was I got some, I got some Moderna stocks, and I was like, there's no way this is gonna go down. Like, they they got like a contracts for like yeah. a billion shots or something for yeah. like the entire world. Mm -hmm. And then it all started going down, and I was like, this is meaningless. All of this stuff is complete. Just like hearsay, it's like that that uh, that Norman Rockwell picture where like the one person talks to the other person. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like that Norman Rockwell poster. It's just like whatever NPR and Fox News talk about that gets. It's crazy. <laughs> and then Robin Hood, and then my Robin God. Hood, yeah. <laughs> what kind of Robin are they doing now? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a little bit crazy out there. I heard some good things about Bitcoin, but. I have a, I've got a, had a pretty penny on Bitcoin. Really? Yeah. I got in like, uh, used to be close to my face. Yes. Give me now. Like yeah. it's ice cream, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I invested quite a bit in Bitcoin like maybe like a year ago. So mm -hmm. it's, looking, it's looking nice right now for me. Oh, good for you. Okay. Something to think about, yeah. It's volatile, but maybe not as volatile as some of the other lesser known I mean, up and coming. You guys should definitely, whoever's listening, you should definitely... Uh, go with our endorsements. We're experts at this. We totally yeah. know what we're talking about. We totally do. That's, that's what we're here for. Yeah, I have a license that I printed myself. I drew yeah. it with crayons. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, purple and black, because I wanted to go for like a more, um, what's the word, like official, yeah, official like a prestigious, prestigious thing. Yeah. Prestigious You're a consultant for Wall Street now. That's right. That's it. We did it. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about Helltones uh, and how you guys got together. Well, we met um, when Moody was looking for a practice space, um, and we we kind of like been hanging out in the same circles because because um, Alyssa was working at Nick's, which is a karaoke bar that we used to go to a lot in the grade before, which is not there anymore, which is real sad. Uh -uh. Um, it was definitely it was like a. I think it's like roses and Adelaide or something. It looked like a boardroom. It had like these ugly carpets and like fluorescent lighting and was the most ridiculous. Yes. But it was like it was it was right it was in the perfect location and it was like so weird it almost it like circled back and became cool. Right. So we went we were we would had seen each other at Nick's and then uh he was looking for practice space and I me and my uh the 
former drummer of the Hotones had already been going for about a year at that point. But we were looking for a new guitar player because our guitar player just could not stop getting obliterated before shows like he took a bunch of he took a bunch of acid before this one show and was just doing a terrible job so finally i was like <sighs> you got you, like no no more dude you're if you're not you're not Jimi hendrix i'm right. sorry you can't do that yeah at least so, do it after the show maybe i mean if you're if you're alleged if you're virtuoso and you can pull it off then by all means it's awesome but like if you're not you know if you're not insanely good it's probably be yeah. at least kind of sober for the set yeah so I, yeah it's 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 hard right it's like i don't know when you're a musician you and even you know doing the show every week it's like you have to have this confidence you know like this backbone to do it but maybe not everybody has it so here we are we're actually doing it good for us oh yeah i, I have like a two drink limit before i play right yeah, that's a solid rule that's good, like, that's good. If, if anything after two like i better also be playing so i'm like slitting it off but anything before that just gonna be sloppy yeah, yeah. it's gonna go downhill. Too. It's nice to be just a little bit loose, but there's a fine, fine line. Fine line for sure. How about drummers? Well, we, we got a new drummer recently named Cairo, uh, Cairo McCochran. That is an absolute behemoth yes. of a drummer. He's really, really good, and I, when it, yeah, we've been having a really good time playing with him. That's Played awesome. First two shows with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. one in Stockton, and then a vegan solstice. Shout out to those guys. Yeah, and. Uh, and s- seven stills. Yeah. Seven stills. Sounds familiar. It's a little. It's like a brewery and a distillery, and they make all their own <laughs> beer and they make all their own whiskey. Nice. And it was a cool. It was a really cool place to play. I will say it smelled kind of weird in that part of town. Oh, it did. When the wind blew the wrong direction. Well, so everything. You're, right, you're right next to Mission Creek, my guy. Yeah. Every now and then we'd be like, <laughs> did somebody just rip one or something? Mission Creek's like right there, and then there's. Out in the open air. But uh, but other than that, they were super nice. Um, yeah, like I, I knew the manager from a job that I worked a couple years back, and um, they they paid us well and invited us back. So that is that's a win in my book. That's amazing. You never know. Like there's there's so many great venues, you know, outside of San Francisco, outside of the Bay Area, maybe in NorCal, maybe you know, south of here. Um, it's just kind of interesting to to see what's out there. It's weird that you should say that. I literally, I spent like, like maybe two weeks ago, I spent like three days making a list of all the venues within like an hour and a half drive of Oakland. And there was uh-huh. some like, some surprising things. Like uh, Livermore <laughs> has like 10 venues for some reason. Oh, they do? Dolly City, or Daly City, I always say that. Dolly City. <laughs> Dolly City. My old hometown. So surrealist. Kind of. <laughs> Got those tall elephants. But Daly City has not a single venue that does like, like bar, like a bar a band kind of venue where like you know you can get some drinks I mean, and do some tunes. It's weird. Down to Redwood City. Yeah. Redwood City. Or just into the city, which was probably why. I was gonna say they used to have shows. Maybe it was like decades ago, but now they just do like the Dickens Fair at the Cow Palace. But that would be a great way, like, for bands to you know try and make some money that way. It's a huge you know open space. Um, but that's funny you, you should say that. Um, yeah, I can't think of any other events I've been to in Daly City besides. Dickens Fair. <laughs> I think Dickens Fair might be the only one. Yeah. Like Charles Dickens? Charles Dickens, yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, everyone gets dressed up. I, like I don't that. know. Did I get dressed up? I kind of did. Like a like a felt, uh, what do you call it, corduroy jacket or what have you. But people get like full on dressed up like they're from, you know, uh, all those, you know, famous Victorian famous books. Of the a Tale uh, of a Two Cities. A little bit after that, I think. What, not Victorian, like 
Elizabethan, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Queen Elizabeth was there with her husband. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah. Senators, uh, you know, here's Albert and uh, long live the queen. And you're like, wait, is it 2021 or what year is this? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I miss Ren fairs. I, when I was a when I was, where I grew up, there was a big old Ren fair that was like uh, they had this grounds called Live Oak, which was they had they'd have music festivals there, but also they had this Ren fair. So we'd go and get all dressed up, poofy sleeves and like tights and stuff. Yeah, it was tight. It was a good. Mm-hmm. Scene. The Renaissance. I feel like they they did do it at least before the pandemic, but it was like either north north of here or south of here. I so that I up. Like, go drink some mead. Listen yeah, to some that. loot, <laughs> some loot music. Have a glass of ale. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's all featured in the all the new t- uh, TV series. I guess you could say. So it's like, well, it's more fun to do it in person. Oh yeah. Personally, but anyways, um, so where do you guys hope to play next? Um, you know, your next gig. Do you have anything on the books? Yeah, we got a we got a couple things coming up. We're playing. Um, uh, in Stockton again, June fifth, and then uh, Seven Stills again, uh, June sixth. That one's like an afternoon show from four to six. If any of y'all want to come out and see us, mm-hmm. and then uh, we're playing for this this company. It's called Alta Alta Potrero. Um, I don't know how they found us, but this they're doing like it's like a, an apartment complex, but they want to do events on the roof. That's so cool. To like build community there. Yes. So I was like, that sounds awesome because I'm at what our one of our backup singers just moved into an apartment complex and she's like, nobody knows anybody here. We're yeah. all like in our own bubble. Right. So I think they're trying to yeah to create like some kind of community within mm-hmm. the building. So she hit me up and uh, we're gonna play like their rooftop thing. They're calling it the night market. So I think they will have some vendors and some food and some mm-hmm. drinks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is all I can think of right now. But and when's that one? That one is um, June eighteenth. Okay. Yeah, June eighteenth. And that's in—is it in SF? It is in SF. Okay, I was like, that's not Potrero. That's not too far. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll start <laughs> posting about all this, all this stuff on the. If you if you want to come see us, just follow us on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Yes, that was my next question. How do we find you? We're on all this, all this stuff. Yeah. Yes. Facebook, iTunes. I mean, it's Twitter. Nice. Yes. Uh, Tweet. Tweet to your heart's content. Desire. Choose. I think we're on everything, but like title. I don't think we're on title. Yeah. All the well, I'm like the big ones. What's so great about title? I think it's like exclusive. Is that why? It's like okay. Beyonce's on that. That's why. Because I was like, it's the queen. but I joined Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> So many streaming services. Oh, yeah, there's so you know. many of them. Yeah. Last FM, iHeartRadio. Last FM. God, I haven't been on there in a minute. There's too many. What about CD Baby? That's or how what, do you. That's what we use. We distribute through CD Baby. Gotcha. So they, they put it on all the. They put it on. I think they put it on YouTube too now. Oh, they do? Yeah. I heard they were pretty good. I heard CD from the many years I've been here at Mutiny. I've heard CD Baby is great and Bandcamp is pretty good as well in terms of yeah prioritizing the artist and actually making a little bit of a profit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, that's we use both. Or, uh, CD Baby is pretty easy to use. Bandcamp is the easiest to use, Ever. and they have a oh they have like a brick and mortar store in uh, yeah. in Oakland now, which is tight. I kind of I haven't seen I haven't gone there yet, but I haven't either. I feel like it was it it. it 
shocked me in a good way. It was like 2018 or 2019, and I was like, what in the hoo-ha? That's exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of a trend, I feel like, before the pandemic. But that's, but that's fantastic that people are still trying to, or making an effort rather, that things are opening up, doing that whole community thing again, because I think that's definitely... You know, it's obviously it's been kind of impossible to do that the past year, but yeah, yeah, we did some streaming shows. We did them ourselves instead of getting like a like you know, there's there's a lot of the venues they'll do sort of a streaming setup now where they have some cool lights and stuff, and and you'll go in and you pay them some money and they'll videotape you and live stream you and stuff and make it look good. But mm-hmm. um, which I I did that with another band that I played and it was a, it was a pretty good time, but it. It's expensive, and so we were like, we're going to do it ourselves. Yeah. And then after, like, three of them, I was like, we're really, like, it's impossible to do this while you're playing. Because what would end up happening is we'd get the mix, like, sounding all nice in the room, and then we'd watch the replay, and, like, the guitars would be inaudible. Yeah. And then the next time, like, right. we didn't have the mix that good in the room, but the guitar, everything sounded good going in, but we weren't yeah. really feeling it that hard. So, like, yeah. it's you can't be the engineer and the artist at the same time. Oh, I can definitely relate to you on that. <laughs> Um, you know, years ago, um, used to be me and, uh, some other friends of mine, we used to do the show together and that made it a little bit easier, but it was always like, there's never a guarantee, like with the sound quality and that everything's going to be done correctly. We're not going to have any technical problems, but I can definitely relate or, you know, being here at mutiny, we have some similar situations have arisen like the feedback because there's too many, you know, uh, too many instruments close to, you know, close to the monitor that sort of thing but obviously that that isn't really a problem right now but back in the day and it just doesn't have the same feeling right like I've you know I've done I've looked at a couple live streams over the past year or so but it's all right it's okay yeah it's it's not the real thing it's not the real thing there was something about like uh for one of my favorite examples I guess is the last festival I went to before the pandemic was uh Burger Boogaloo did you guys ever go to that I've never been to it but um it's they would hold it in Mosswood Park and there was this whole thing about uh Burger Records so they they actually changed the name because Burger was doing some shady shit apparently like in terms of like uh, sexual harassment and things like that. But anyways, I didn't know about any of this, um, but it was a fun festival to go to. That's you John know. Waters thing, right? John Waters, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, I guess they held it in the dog park, Mosswood Park, in front of the Kaiser. I don't know if you guys know where that is. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. But anyways, oh, we saw they had the same band uh, they p- had two nights, so some years they would have two ni- two days, and then other days they would have three days. So they had the same band closed both days, and I was like, "Are we really gonna see Jesus and Mary Chain in two night uh, two nights in a row?" My friend was like, "Hell yeah, we're seeing them," and now I'm like, "He's a genius. <laughs> he knew what was coming." <laughs> so you know, and and hopefully now people will be like you guys were saying, like it's, there's gonna be a renaissance and live music, like people are gonna go out more than they did before, hopefully. So I was just playing out on Valencia twenty first at Amato's last night. Woohoo. And uh people were definitely like coming out and clapping and dancing in the middle of the street. Yes. Time. Getting their groove on. Getting their groove on. Renaissance is gonna be It's coming. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I guess I guess we need it too. We need to generate some income. <laughs> the city itself, I mean, needs to generate some income. But there's a lot of good bands too. It's crazy how it's crazy how many good bands there are in the in Bay. Can I ask a weird question? Sure. Do you guys know bands that are from San Francisco? Caravan two two two. Okay. Those guys are definitely one of my favorites. Um, oh, uh, what what is a? Uh, oh man, I, I always oh Maya and the Revolutionary. Hell yeah, those guys are fire. Um, those are the first two that come to mind. Maybe a couple more. Not a ton. I definitely know more Oakland bands. Cool. Yeah, I was just wondering because I think when I first started the show, it was a lot easier to find bands that were from San Francisco, the Bay Area. But I don't know. Like the past couple of years, it's like. Um, you know, I mean, I'm open to bands from anywhere. I just noticed that there were less bands from the Bay Area. I'm like also trying to think of bands from San Francisco. Yeah, I was like, this might be weird. All my friends that do play here in the city all base themselves in the East Bay instead. Yeah. Where they say, I'm actually from San Jose. Right. And that's totally fine. I liked, uh, I went to see a show called, I went to see the Buzzcocks at the Ritz. And I've been to the Civic Auditorium. I saw Angels and Airwaves and Weezer. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I should move to, like 10 years ago, I was like, maybe I should move to San Jose. It's a little bit cheaper. But d- didn't do it, but. Uh, and I love the city's atmosphere too much. I know, right? It's like, I've I traveled a lot over the past couple of years. Like, San Jose is like incredibly spread out. Yeah. Not a lot of venues there too. Yeah. Not a very like musical city. Yeah, there's a couple. There's, I mean, there's like Caravan Lounge. There's like a few, but uh, for I've played Black Bar like a million times. They used to have Johnny Rockets or something. Yeah, for the size for the size is of the Johnny city. Rockets? Is it Johnny Rockets the restaurant? Yes. So it's, it's I like, grew up on that. Sorry. Like, <laughs> nice. It's, it's like, I grew up lost I'll, in the fifties. Honestly, it's like off Second Street in downtown San Jose. Oh, that would be fun. Well, I know it's easier to get there now, like on the BART. I don't know if it's easier. Had a weird experience on the BART, but I've been to, I think we took like the, it used to be called HP Pavilion, but now it's the SAP Center. I think we took the, I don't know how we did it. This was years ago, but we took the Caltrain and we went to see a show, like we went to see Tina Turner and then we were able to come back like right before the end of the night which sometimes you're not able to do or you weren't able to do, right? I was like, how do we do that? I don't, I don't know how we made shit happen, but we made shit happen, so that's cool. <laughs> that was a treat. Nice. And we played a Tina Turner, we played the Tina Turner version of Proud Mary on uh, s- Thursday. Thursday. Yes. Yeah, that was a good one. She, um... A good time playing it. There's... Actually, I was reading, I think it was last week or the week before, but she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame finally um i think she was inducted with ike but this is like her like you know her legacy so um but that's cool (laughs) i watched her documentary just came out recently a couple weeks ago and then uh yeah just kind of been you know listening listening to music nonstop. i mean what else can you do as a music fan right But it's great to have you guys here, and um, yeah, we'd love to hear some of your material, if you're willing to share. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, hold on. Let's take a second to get comfortable here. Yeah. (laughs) 
You be my savior, baby. You got to understand. I have my fill of emptiness and slaughter. Won't you be my lover? Won't you fill my heart with ease? One spoonful of your sugar. Sugar, only thing I need. Oh, you wanna feel good, alright? Wanna lose yourself tonight, baby? I am faking, so take my arm and let's go back to Dopenhagen. Oh, oh. Let me feel no pain. Be my candle in the dark, my shelter from the rain. Won't you be my entertainment? Help me pass the time. I won't spend my days in your loving embrace without a worry. So you wanna feel good, alright? Wanna lose yourself tonight, baby? I ain't faking. So take my arm and let's go back to Dopenhagen. Take me back to Dopenhagen, man.
singers to handle the oops for us but today it's just us <laughs> yeah, i do love that stuff i feel like um i feel like a lot of a lot of modern music is really serious not to cast aspersions on all modern music there's so many good bands out there right now that i could name but a lot of mu modern music is really like serious and like it, I, i like i feel like the music from that era was just like fun and about kind of stupid stuff but like that's why it was fun it wasn't demanding that you like think about your life and like your problems and stuff. It wasn't perfectly auto-tuned. Yeah. Yeah. But, hey, if I want auto-tune, I know where to find it. Yeah, I mean, auto I mean, I I've, I've used some pitch correction software. I think it sounds tight, but also, I don't know, it's really fun to hear. It's really fun to hear unprocessed just fun music, you know. Life is hard enough. It's good to relate to other humans. Yeah. On an emotional level, some kind of connection, right? I feel like it's getting harder and harder to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of forces that are trying to keep you isolated and addicted. You know, the more Amen. the more isolated and addicted you are, the more you try to fill that hole with products that people sell you, and mm -hmm. and we are surrounded by people trying to sell you products and make you feel insecure about your life and right. disconnect you from other people, and it's it's whack. It's crazy, man. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. It's a it's a constant battle that we all go through. Instagram doesn't help with that, but uh, I try to you know turn it turn it on its head, so to speak, and try and do something positive with you know all the the negative um, that sometimes you know being fed to us, whether it's on corporate media, whether it's on social media. Uh, I feel like they're kind of intertwined now, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. And, um, you know, I, I feel like we can, we can also as consumers ourselves, we can hold them account, hold them to account, um, you know, by s spending our money elsewhere and, uh, you know, supporting people like you guys, how can we send you money? <laughs> I mean, 
Well, <laughs> Speaking I mean, of if you, if one of the best ways to actually like just go on Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah, go on Bandcamp and buy a buy a, buy an album. Yes. Um, that would definitely. I was this I, album. Glad you thought of that because I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. Like what? Do our I mean, Venmo like, you, tags? You could just send a straight Venmo, but I feel like they deserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah get you something get for your money. Get something for your money. Yeah, I feel. I was gonna say. I feel like it's not even Instagram that actually messes people up as much. I feel like it's really. It's the like. It's advertisers, and we're we're just you know because because we're on screens a lot, we see more advertisements than we did, and I feel like the advertisers are what really mess people up because whenever they they always show you that perfect life, they always show you the rich family getting out of their brand new 2021 Honda Civic, drinking Don Perignoni or whatever it's called, <laughs> like everyone's sexy as hell and like looking good and happy, and it like people uh, people see that see that all the time and they think that that's what life looks like and right. it does if you're you know a very if you're an exception but the rule is like a way just like less polished existence but we see that exactly. all the time right in front of our noses i know and it's a uh, i think it i think it it makes people crazy it makes yeah. me crazy me it makes me like self-conscious as a woman like body dysmorphia um, you know, body image, all, all that stuff. And I was struggling before that as a teenager, before social media. So I can only imagine, you know, women who are just coming up now, like it's actually, I don't even imagine it. I read about it. So I know that it's happening. I feel like I trust, I trust musicians that are weird looking more. Like yes. if I see a YouTube video, like, like a, what's his name? I'm not, I, I hope he doesn't hear this, but there's this guy. I saw a Marcus King, uh, like a Marcus King video, and came up on YouTube, and mm-hmm. I was like, "That dude is weird looking. He's probably really good." And he, lo and behold, he is amazing. Yeah. There's something special about that person because they're not Instagram friendly. What do you know? Yeah. There's a connection. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you're, like, you're saying there's like a, a graph for you of like a Venn diagram kind of graph of being conventionally attractive and being also a good musician. I mean, I still love, I love Dua Lipa. You know, she's great. No awesome. She looks like. Awesome. She's just fantastic. She looks fantastic. But I, I, th- I feel like my initial impression, if I see a musician and they're like kind of weird looking, I'm usually like, I'll bet you're good. And I, you know, sometimes I'm wrong, but I, don't know. Wrong. I feel like it's a good, sometimes I'm wrong. I feel like it's a good attitude sometimes to, to hold. <laughs> I don't trust them if they're too pretty. Yeah. And and that's something the Bay Area has been pretty good about, at least from my experience. Like, maybe there's been a few people who came in here. Like, I'm not going to say their name, but there was a band that came in here and I compared him to the Kinks and he was like, really not into that. I like Kinks are great. Yeah. But everybody, everybody else was like. Being, a lot of people don't like being um, compared to other artists. Yeah. I feel like I hate it when people yeah. say a song that I wrote sounds like another song. Yeah. Maybe it was the way I said it. Maybe I didn't phrase it in the best way possible, but I was trying to make a compliment. But now I don't say that anymore. I'm just oh, like, oh, his fragile that. ego. His fragile ego got a little bruised there. Song I showed you the other day, and I was like, this intro is like almost exactly. Wait, which one? I think it was the like Kosh song. Kosh. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that. Was, yeah, you obviously <laughs> didn't. And I, like, I felt really bad. I never liked that. I'm like, I'm like, I, I didn't even think about it until after I did it. And I was like, dude, I was listening to this song and I thought it was us. I realized, like, oh, that's, that's terrible. Somebody I, else is making money. I mean, I I had yeah. never heard the song before. I feel like there's just there's some ideas that are so good that it would be silly to only use them in one song. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna go into examples because there's too many. But there's a lot of songs reuse the same stuff. But if you actually if you if you look at it, did you did you know Ice Ice Baby? 
Ice, ice, baby. David, we miss you. But I mean, oh, wait, Ice, ice Baby has completely, <laughs> but it has completely different lyrics. Like it has, a, if you actually look at the details of the song, there's yeah. all these differences. Are you defending vanilla ice? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> die on the, I'm not gonna die on the vanilla ice hill. But I will say, he's so middle of the road well, now. I feel like people, people love to say, oh, yeah, this sounds just like this song. Like hanging out with Amish people. It's so terrible. Wow. It was, wow, he's really awesome. stereotyping himself. It was, it, was, it was when I was like in the hospital for a while. I had like turned Amish on the TV. I, I had to watch a whole bunch of terrible things. Like, <laughs> that sounds kind of great, actually. <laughs> Ghost Adventures, but it was like Vanilla Ice hanging out with Am- Amish people. Was he dressed like what Amish, or was he still was, like, in like? Is this a reality <laughs> show? It was a reality show. I was like, I was like, this is so bad. It turns out to be good again. It's like the room. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. Yep. Came full circle. I'll have to watch it now. I'm curious. Uh, I'm gonna look for it later. Don't worry. I'm gonna- Send it to you and I'm gonna force yes, you. please send it to me. me. I, I already watched this. I watched this movie that he wanted me to watch called The Greasy Strangler, Greasy which Strangler was probably classic. the most traumatizing thing I have seen for a while. Greasy, huh? It no, was real greasy. That is like rated A for sure. <laughs> rated A. Like adults only. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh okay. Oh, definitely <laughs> never show a child that never movie. Never show a child that movie. I feel like I I'm having flashbacks right now. You have like PTSD from that movie. Yeah. Let me guess. So is it based on or somehow connected to serial killers in the 70s and possibly the 80s? I'm not sure what the time period is. It's kind of ambiguous. It seems okay. like it, it seems like it could be present relevant. present day. It has no. It has to be present day because he talks about when he was young. He was yeah. young Michael Jackson. But it does have it does have a, a, it's got a serial killer in it who is greasy and yeah, <laughs> honestly, if you really want to if you really want to disturb yourself one night, go ahead and watch it. Okay. I love that movie. I'll, I will I'll, keep, watch, I'll watch it again with someone for sure. I'll keep that in mind. I'm looking for something weird tonight. Yeah, oh, yeah. Happens on the weekend. Roll you yourself know? a hog's leg and traumatize yourself. <laughs> you just get so stoned, you get paranoid that he's going to come and get you. Oh, I used to do that, yeah. <laughs> Not so much. I can't but... smoke and watch horror movies anymore. Get oh. rational thoughts. Right? Like I can't fuck, like I used, when I watched um, A Nightmare on Elm Street growing up, I couldn't, I couldn't go to sleep. I was like, nope, he's coming. He's he's coming out of the closet. He's under my bed. He's everywhere. So, luckily, I don't have that I was, anymore. I was thinking about Johnny Depp the whole, every time I went to the movies. <laughs> uh, you're, oh, thinking of, you're thinking of... Name one of them, Johnny Depp in it. Does it? It's the first, first one. First oh, movie. wow. Yeah, that, the first one. Oh, my God. I did not know that. He gets, like, murked pretty easily. Here. He's, like, yeah, towards the, like, beginning or the towards, middle? Towards the, the, the middle. The middle. I haven't watched it in a while, but... I, I just rewatched like all six. So of them. young. <laughs> yeah, like I remember his stories. He was a he was actually like a musician first, and then he uh, was he was dating the director's niece or something. And he said mm-hmm. that guy's too handsome. He's got to be in my movie. <laughs> he's in this movie now because I said so. Oh, he's a pretty good guitar player. I've seen him play. He's in the Hollywood. Devils or Hollywood oh, vampires. vampires. I would not okay. buy the album, but I watched like a piece of a, a video at some point when I was wasting time on YouTube, and it was competent, competently played. Who else is in that Isn't band? In it? A bunch of bunch of famous Alice Cooper. A bunch of famous people like who make Guns tons of Roses, money. Yeah. Something. I was all like, kinds I, of <laughs> all kinds of money makers. But yeah. Duff oh yeah. yeah. Saul Hudson. They're all buddies. I think Johnny Depp created an Instagram account, like in the past year or so. So I was like, "That's cool. That's progress." I mean, he probably has some <laughs> running it. Oh. oh. 
He could, right? It's weird when dead people have Instagrams. Like I was, wa- I was watching Tales <laughs> from the Tour Bus about. I was watching the James Brown one, which is incredible. And uh, but then I, I was like looking up James Brown on Instagram, and he has an Instagram with the stamp on it. And I was like, Yeah, some weird. Of, some of my friends, unfortunately, or people I've interviewed on the show who passed away, still have Facebook pages. But maybe their family member like checks it or updates it. Like I don't know. I don't think anybody in my family would do that, but. I have seen some posts from them where I'm like, wait, aren't they dead? And then their family's like, remember, you know, so-and-so died. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm really sad. <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, when someone is deceased, you can like contact like customer service. And if you have like a proof, you can like log into all their stuff. Oh, so, right. Like, del- deleting your history is not going to save you. There was some episode on Black Mirror about that a few years ago. Like they couldn't, for some, maybe it wasn't allowed back then. This was like five years ago. Do you, you guys just, ever watch that show? I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah. But yeah, it was like they couldn't log in to find out what's the reason why she died. And it was like, oh my God, do I want to be on social media? Not really. <laughs> I'm addicted to it, but. <laughs> I mean, I think it does, it does some good stuff. Yeah, there's some good stuff and bad stuff. Yeah, it's easy to get in touch with people. I remember uh, we were, you know, it's it's easier to set up shows and stuff like that, and like get the word out because it exists. We don't have to like physically Xerox copies and like post them all over town. That's true. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I I remember doing that when we we first started playing music. Remember Kinkos? Well, now it's FedEx Kinkos, but I mean just Kinkos by itself. Yep. So much paper. I have like my ex girlfriend like yelling at me because like I was like walking around like random towns just putting up posters yes She's like, why are you doing this this is supposed to be a date i was like it is a date so you put this poster up actually this is my career we're talking about babe i know right i i did something like that the, remember the door what do they call it door knockers or oh you put them on the doorknob like if you're mm. advertising your business i forgot what they're like, called they used to have them for like the yellow pages yeah 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 so i did that like two years ago and i was like oh nothing happened back to the internets <laughs> The good old internets spread the word. No, I actually, I actually had people like come up to me after those those shows because I was like playing shows and promoting them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a booker at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I get all the monies. And uh, yeah, someone actually said like they looked at the flyer. Oh, they did. Got interested and wanted to come. So I don't feel like it's useless. You just got to put them in smart places. Where did you? Where do you put them? Where do you advertise? Um, around music stores. Okay. Uh, around parks where people would be playing music. Uh-huh. Places that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to put them at the grocery store because when you're going to the grocery store, you don't care. Right. And I guess he, in some neighborhoods here, like putting stuff on the on the doorknobs, like some people, it's it's not the actual door. It's like the entire building has a front door. So if going to neighborhoods like maybe Hate Street or the Sunset yeah. where there's an actual door to De- hook it on doorknob. If, if I was like doing a show, like let's say like Milk Bar, I would definitely put up some flyers. The Milk around. Bar. I would definitely put some flyers out in here. I'm pretty sure, like, all the homies down there would take them down. Yeah. That's the thing. Or the wind blows it away. Yeah. That's what I think. Is the store club still around, or did it close? I think store club is still around. Oh, no, they were selling it, because uh, what you call was talking about <sighs> buying it. I don't know. I stopped going there. I've been I, there I, the, I feel like the, the, the Legionnaire sort of was just, like, the better version of the store club. Like, they, they had that, that upstairs stage. They paid the bands better. The liquor was less watered down. The staff was nicer, <laughs> except for Christian. The sound, the guy that did sound for the store club was a saint. 
Oh, oh. And he, this dude gives you your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout, Shout out, out to Christian. Christian. He always he recorded every single set, <laughs> and he gave he'd give you a CD of your performance oh, afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, Christian that's pretty cool. Him. And then yeah. the Uptown I heard was for sale. Actually, it's been for sale on and off the past. Yeah, that's really years. sad. That was one of my favorite venues. I think, uh, yeah. uh, was it? What's that one that you guys all like going to the karaoke? I like, I oh, Nick's. No, yeah. not the other one. Is Starline. Starline. Oh, yeah, Starline's Starline. coming back. Yeah, they have the bar downstairs, right? And then upstairs yeah, is the yeah, stage. Yeah. We played there. It was pretty sick. But uh, they, I think they're a commune now? A collective. They're a collective now. I like that. Yeah. It was cool. It was, it was fun playing there, but honestly, they like, uh, we weren't, we just didn't have, we didn't have enough people. Like, we didn't bring enough people, which was, I've, I feel like they should have known because we had like, this was pretty, this was earlier uh, in our in our history. And I think we, we did not have that many fans, but we were playing in the upstairs, opening for a band from LA called Little Hurricane, which was a pretty good band. But they're from LA, and they don't really have a following in the Bay. And they didn't put a third band on the bill. Mm. So we were like scrambling. We brought every single person that we knew, all of our moms and stuff, everyone that had ever come seen a show. We were like no. begging people to come to this show. And we ended up bringing like what was a respectable turnout for us at the time. But that upstairs room is like 300 person capacity or something. Yeah, it's a big ass room. And, and, uh, <laughs> and the other band didn't bring a ton of people. So it ended up being like. It ended. It was a really. It was fun to play, but I was talking to one of the guys that books there, and they were like, "Yeah, you guys, we barely covered like the cost of paying the bartenders and stuff." Like, yeah. And that felt that felt bad. Yeah. Uh, but they, we should have we should have been downstairs. They we they like, we were, were like, "Oh my god, we get to play at the upstairs without really thinking." Like, ah, oh, you know, we're probably not really ready for this. Yeah, there's some places like that. Um, you know, where it's just like. Or I've, I've been hearing that more, I guess, the past couple of years where it's just harder to, to book a show because of that, because the venues are so staunch on, we got to make a profit, man. Like, we're going to take a percentage no matter what, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're running a business. You know, they got to make money. Yeah. I think, I think I don't, it would have been perfect if we'd just been downstairs, but I guess maybe somebody, somebody thought that it would be bigger than it was. So mm-hmm. they gave us the enormous upstairs room. Um. And we could have packed out the downstairs room. It would have been great. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of awkward. Learning experience. Yeah. It was a humbling experience. It was, yeah. <laughs> what, I'm th- trying to think of other venues in Oakland. Uh, the Elbow Room used to be called the oh, yeah. Starlight yeah, yeah, on yeah. Broadway. Nightlight, Nightlight. The Nightlight, yeah. 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 That place is awesome. Um, I think I think Elbow Room Jack London is going to be – I hope it's open again. I haven't actually heard anything. I but, yeah. was by there not too long ago because Nations is next door. Nations. And I used they to look, work near there. They, they look pretty good. <laughs> Tight. I'll have to hit them up. Nice. Yeah, I really like that venue. That'll good be. size. I think it was good spot. As, I think it was just open as a bar. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone is. We were, I hit up the Legionnaire a little while ago, and they're like, yeah, they're just serving drinks, but no shows yet. Slowly but surely. Everybody's waiting. <laughs> Golden Bull's not open yet. Oh, I went there. I saw um, Green Day's, or Billy Joe's side project. Oh, he did? Okay. I was like, oh, I got to see him there. That's why I was like, I was like cracking up when someone said they saw him in there. And I was like, I was like, he owns it. He can be there whenever. That makes sense. Because sometimes they turn up there. Broken guitar on 40th Street. I was like, yeah, he also owns that. He'll be there. Do they still have the Rudy Can't Fail Cafe? I think Dirt sold it. Okay. That was around for many years. I'm not sure he still owns that. They are two different. I don't know. 
We'll probably like email him. He'll probably answer. Yeah. But my favorite, you guys might hate me. Or you might like me. I like the Fox Theater. Yeah. That one was Yeah, Fox Theater's great. That one's uh so many good memories. <laughs> Tom Segura there last. It's probably the last thing I went to. Mm-hmm. Line around the corner. Get your tickets from the box office. <laughs> At, uh, the den next door. Yeah. I like that and uh, New Parish. Yeah, that's, the New Parish. I feel like that's every every we, like we medium to large size venue in downtown Oakland that we just went through. I like the New Parish. It just had a... The layout was so different from even places out here like uh, yeah the like balcony second level i kind of like that though if you saw if you went and saw like a packed show there and you wanted to like breathe but still wanted to see the band you'd go upstairs yeah nice. i should have done that more well maybe i'll do that now but i forgot a uh, metro metro house opera house oh yeah did i ever go there i did i saw gary newman there i saw like a hot. like a wwf style like wrestling thing that they did yeah. there I, they, they did it oh, yeah yeah hood slam <laughs> hood slam was excellent in the hood yeah. <laughs> i love that uh, so many good ones oh yeah and then of course um the jazz club yoshi's yoshi's yeah i've been there just played yoshi's the other day so they're definitely open oh yeah that's pretty cool I wonder what that's like now. I've only I only went to that one once, and then the one on the Fillmore I went to I think two or three times. Uh, that one's not there that anymore. One's been gone for like a yeah, but that was cool. Did you? Uh, I went. I was invited to go to their uh, company party before, and uh, oh. I was really like confused that the woman that owns it is uh-huh. a small woman named Yoshi. Really? It blew my mind. I didn't know that. Yeah, she was like, I was like, that's Yoshi. And I was like, stop lying, man. You're making that shit that's up. That's not her name. And then she introduced herself and she's like, my name is Yoshi. And I was like, what the? I would have been like, yes. I, I don't know why it entertained me so much, but it still entertains me. It's Actually, the little things. It's the little things. Like the dinosaur? That's awesome. <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> What's the matter, Mario? <laughs> good times well anyways uh hell tones is here um what, what would you say are some of your biggest musical influences um definitely old stuff um i feel like a lot of the the stuff that i uh, i listen I, I listen to i like the cramps a lot the cramps are on serious repeat we do not really play that kind of music i feel like the stuff we do is way like smoother and prettier but i love the cramps yeah and um i really like i like a, i listen to a lot of like kind of weird instrumental surf music um dick i mean i would say yeah dick dale is like the first name on the surf but really the ventures the ventures in space yeah. have they have this one album called the ventures in space which is like my it's like the for me it is the absolute apex of surf guitar achievement it's like so weird and all they do a cover of like the twilight zone theme song and the outer mm-hmm. limits theme song they like it's just weird stuff and it doesn't uh it doesn't follow the usual tropes of surf guitar and it doesn't sound like like dish soap commercials from the 50s you know it's really like dark and spooky sometimes uh-huh. and other times it's really like dreamy and ethereal it's just it's a great album everybody should listen to it and uh i guess a lot of like I think I got into we do we do when we have the whole band we do a lot of vocal arrangement stuff and I think my um, my um, I have two uncles that live in New York and they were both barbershop dudes. Nice. So whenever uh, I'd go visit them, they would always mm-hmm. have us. They would sing like a little tag, um, 
And these tags are just like a section of a barbershop quartet song, but we'd always do it in four-part harmony if we could find someone else, or three-part. So they kind of got me into vocal arrangement stuff, and then when I was first starting the band out, I had just, I'd been playing bass in a punk band called Butch Nasty and the Blackout Kids, which is... Oh, I think I, I heard of that. I gave you the tape. There, it's, oh, nice. it's It's absolutely savage, and it was fantastic. I will listen to it. But that that kind of it it collapsed in just like in like as as punk bands will in just like a mess of like like drug abuse and nonsense and just just nonsense. horrible be- horrible behavior. The best behavior ever. Yeah. Just kidding. But uh, so after that, I was like, I was like, I still I still want to like respect. I want to respect the the like the the punk roots. But also, I'm like too old and tired to do this kind of music anymore. Like, I want to do something that is. I want to do something that's like prettier than this and that is a little just more like uplifting i guess um I've, I, I still love the kind of music like I, I love punk rock and i love hard stuff but i i don't really like playing it as much as i used to because i feel like like life is difficult enough and i would rather just be like happy let's be happy yeah i would rather just feel you, good when i'm playing you, you, you like bottle up your angst into uh, I mean, I, I think, I think, no, I, I don't experience angst when I'm playing. When when I'm playing a Helltone set, you, you, you I get feel your, like, get angst out. yeah, yeah, I feel like happy and like whole, and uh, yeah, and I think, uh, I don't know, I'd still play bass in a punk band, but I can't like write that kind of song. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't write that kind of song anymore. I'm just not angry and drunk enough. Are you in your post-punk phase? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think it's a good phase to be. Punk is a young man's game. I, I'm, I'm not crazy. I'm, this is controversial, but I'm not crazy about old man punk bands. I feel like if you're an old dude and you like hard music, be an old metal dude. Old metal dudes are sick. Old yes. punks? I'm not, not crazy about old Those punks. Those are some great shows. We're, we're, we're going to get beat up, dude. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you're going to get slammed. I just feel like, dude, if you're like 50 years old, why are you still so angry at the world? Like, why are you so... There's so many of them. Go to the beach. Go you to the beach four. and like smoke a blunt, put on some shorts, you know? like Enjoy it. Enjoy your life. Chill out. But what if I'm into that music? Oh, you can still be into the music, but I mean, I, I feel like saying. to write the music, Playing to write well, not even just to play. I could play, I could play hard music, but to write hard to, music, to write it, to stay in that genre. Yeah, I feel like anymore. you got to be young, dumb, and full of inspiration. Yeah, uh, it's it's cumbersome, right? Yeah. Some of the original punk rockers that I've talked to over the years are like, we never called it punk. <laughs> <laughs> we never labeled ourselves so i always thought that was interesting right i guess uh and for myself and guitar playing i guess i uh think about the greats bb king yes. benson hendrix frashanti mm-hmm. uh i get peter frampton like stuck on my head all the time peter frampton I yeah know. peter frampton live is like one of my favorite albums and it's kind of weird that i like it so much he still pl- does he still perform or did he uh, <laughs> I have no idea. that would be cool i i don't know what 95 year old peter frampton sounds 95. like oh he was on a tv show that i was watching what show is it i think it was like sec um secretary or the secretary of state i forgot the name of the show I don't watch um, TV. but she was a fan of peter frampton she would always wear like the t-shirt and i think the last episode he actually performed at her like retirement or whatever and i was like yeah I don't, I don't tell a lot of people that I'm, like, into that. Um, and I guess, like, in modern stuff, you know, really into 
<laughs> I don't tell a lot of people this. He says on the radio. Now I know. But I know yeah. it all. Secrets out now. <laughs> secrets out. Everyone knows I like Peter Frampton <laughs> now. But secrets out. Live. What will they say? What will they say about me? What will they say about you? This guy? They're gonna tweet their responses like they just did for Glastonbury or the the new Radiohead band, Radio-ish, Radiohead-ish type band. You're still in it. <laughs> what? Is York in it? And what's the other dude? Uh, uh, Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. I mean, if they're still in it, then. It's kind of like Radiohead. Yeah, it's close enough. <laughs> Hashtag the, the smile. <laughs> the, the karma police won't come and get us. Right, right. Or those <clears throat> gosh darn implants. And I guess like recent music, uh, really into Anderson Pack. Yeah, oh that, that Bruno Mars oh, club. Leave the door open is so good. That's one of the, one of the best really songs. Good. That is one of the best songs that I've heard come out recently. Crispy for sure. I wasn't a huge fan of his, but I did have the chance to see him live, and I was definitely convinced after oh. that. Yeah, I wasn't. A, I'm not not a huge fan of uh, Bruno Mars either, but after that, I, I, they got me. I've been going. I've, I went back and listened to a bunch of older Bruno Mars albums, and I'm like, it's still it's a little like chipper. There's like not very much that's like dark or weird about it, but just leave the door open. Hit. They just nailed it. They nailed it so hard. Mm-hmm. Is it like his more recent? music or it's him and him bruno mars and anderson pock did what collaboration which is absolute fire What's it's like really it's silk sonics silk, they, silk sonic or silk sonics whatever but uh but it's like incredible vocal arrangements beautiful singing really just like a well it's like um it's like a really complicated song there's a ton of chords but it's it's very marvin gay they were going for like they're going for a marvin gay kind of thing and they just nailed it like it's got all these crazy Who's who's homeboy who did um all of Michael Jackson's music producer? Oh, Quincy. Quincy. Quincy Jones. It reminds me more of a Quincy or Isaac Hayes. Sir Isaac Hayes. Sir Isaac. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> like the composition, like cause I don't think like Marvin like wrote like the compositions of those songs. Yeah, he did. He was a piano player. He did. Yeah. I it reminds me very much of Anna Mountain High enough. They got that starting. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna get Ain't into why. No man. Yeah. <laughs> The good stuff, right? Okay, where is it? I've, I've, I've been learning that. Oh song. yeah, let's, let's hear it. Let's I don't know the whole <laughs> thing. Just okay, okay. Let's see. Oh, what's the first line? Uh, what's the first line of "Ain't No Mountain High Enough"? Oh yeah. Ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no river wide enough, baby. If you need me, call me. No matter where you are, no matter how far, don't worry, baby. You just call my name. I'll be there in a hurry. You don't have to worry. Don't you know that there ain't no mountain high enough? Yeah, I know that song. Not the rest of it, but I do know that part. Yeah, that was pretty good. Thank you. Just for like off the coast. I mean, that was that was the song that the first song when I heard when I heard Silk Sonic. That was the first song that came to mind. It's got some of the same like, like the kind of chords that usually piano players would use before uh-huh. guitar players. But we don't use a lot of like inversions and stuff the way piano players tend to. And and uh, they did it. Everybody, go listen to Dang. Uh, leave the door open if you haven't. If you're living under a rock and you haven't heard it already. Okay, I will. I've been living under a rock this whole I, time. After you listen to the hell tones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> gotta do that first and um yeah so where do you see the band going in the next year or so do you have any tours that you're thinking about doing that sort of thing 
I we yeah we had a tour we had a West Coast tour we're gonna go from San Diego up to Seattle before the great sh- the great shutdown but yeah after um I went on a couple tours with this like psych country band that I play bass in um in 2019 and after after coming back I was it kind of made me skeptical about what a good idea touring is until you are famous like because mm. you 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 know you spend all this got money on gas and food and stuff and then you you go and sometimes you'll play a show for like five people and mm-hmm. like at the end of the tour like i i got paid but not very much and i wasn't working that whole time uh so i was like this seems kind of futile it's like a cool adventure it's a great road trip but yeah. just from a from a from a this is why i did that list of all the venues within an hour and a half of drive of Oakland. Cause I was like, why would we drive five hours to go play for three people in Los Angeles when we could drive an hour and a half mm-hmm. and play in, you know, some, uh, what, what was it? Uh, or, or, or like, or uh, San Mateo or Sausalito or Napa or something. There's like, so there's, this list is long. There's so many venues. Winter's Tavern. Oh yeah, we, we got one. I think we're playing there September 18th. I'm waiting. I'm a waiting. A lot on work from them. of bands I talked to even before the pandemic, they were always like, "Yeah, Winter's Tavern is what's up," and I'm like, "What do you mean?" It's just a cool <laughs> venue. It's in Pacifica, it's in Pacifica, and it's like the only music venue there. But that's <laughs> yeah. people come there because it's the only music venue. So you're gonna play for a bunch of people in Pacifica if you get a good night. I think we're playing there September 18th. I'm just waiting on confirmation. Neat. From, from CJ. But uh, but yeah, I feel like before we go on tour, right right now, I think for this year, I want to just try and play like every suburb of the Bay <laughs> and kind of build relationships with the people that book there and the people that own <laughs> those venues. Because then you know we we're still playing at a different for a different crowd, um, and we get to go home if we want to, or if it's Winter's Tavern, they got like a room upstairs where you can sleep, which is awesome of them. We but, can dance if we want to. Yeah. You can sleep um, if you want to. Yeah, we can go back. We can drive back to Oakland if we feel like it. So I think I think that's what I want to do this year is just play at like every every suburb of the Bay's venue or venue or venues because some of them have weirdly a ton. Like I, I think I said Liver, Livermore has Livermore. like 10 venues. I, I, I did I, not I, even I, know that. I've played like six places in Livermore. Like it's our It's place. not even a big city. That's crazy. Our place, yeah. There's... I did not know. Yeah. I knew there was a rodeo and the winery. Yeah, I'll play at the Red Caboose in Antioch. Caboose. Napa's got some really nice venues. I think Napa's got big venues though. You gotta like the Uptown, right? That's like the big one. Yeah. Like at the very end of their like little boardwalk thing. Yeah. I always would see bands play there, like advertise, and I was like, oh, I guess I'll go there one day. (laughs) Now's my opportunity, right? Yeah. It's coming up. Singer songwriter, she uh, right, like right next door, like Lost and Lonely's Boys was playing in Livermore, and I was oh, like, I nice. forgot you guys existed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing. Like when I went to see Billy Joe's side project, Snoop Dogg was next door. There's like a hip hop. Oh, the complex. Yeah. complex. yeah. And those people were their fans. Like I don't fuck with his fans. They were like, "Bitch, get off the sidewalk." And I was like, "Okay, I'm going back to San Fran." <laughs> Jeez. I was like, these these people are dedicated. I mean, that's a le- that's like having um, a Bob Marley or someone play. Yeah. He's a legend in his yeah. own time. But that was kind of cool. Like that doesn't Sweet normally man. happen. Like 
legend here, legend there, you know. I'm surprised that he was playing there. Com- I mean, Complex yeah. is a nice, it's a nice club, but uh, I feel like they don't have, a, unless it was like a secret show kind of thing. No, they're up, they're, there's like three floors in that spot. Yeah. The very top ones. Are I know. Big. I mean, yeah. it's it's big, but it's not Snoop Dogg big. Snoop Dogg could probably fill Oracle if you he wanted played, to. He played, where did I see I him? He, he was at he Bill Graham. I saw him at Bill Graham. Yeah, that's like a Snoop Dogg sized. Every there's, I'll bet there's not one person listening to this that has not heard the name of Snoop Dogg and knows at least well, one of his songs. Like, We're looking at you. I'm thinking about like how many people I know who love Snoop Dogg, but if it was just a solo Snoop Dogg show, would they actually go? Oh, but yeah, that that would that's never happen. Yeah. When is he? What is he? Doesn't play solo shows. <laughs> He has an album by himself. What the? F- yeah, but he would he would not do a solo. <laughs> it was, I was just thinking, like, very literal about it. I was just like, uh, I was like, imagine just like just him and a guitar, just <laughs> strumming away. <laughs> and not, yeah, it's this my joint. <laughs> I was like, oh. Martha Stewart would join him. <laughs> She'd do the Nate Dog parts. Dr. Dre might make an appearance. But like, not, like, but like, none of them are like actually rapping. They're actually just doing like country <laughs> covers. All the Dance real hits. gangsters know, whoa. <laughs> They're still alive. First, first billionaire. Nate and never love no ho. <laughs> that could be interesting. I'm just saying. I mean, if they actually, if they yeah, did it like that, that would be, that would be, that would be like, it would be sort of like an old town roadie, like. An old town roadish like <laughs> respect for white people's culture, which might actually be enormously successful. I you feel should. like Lil Nas X almost ended racism when Old Town Road came out. You should tweet no, him. He came close. No. He came close. Please. He almost fixed it. He almost fixed America with that Come one on. song. Fix it. Fix then it. Then it all fell apart right after that, boy. Yeah. Howdy. Boy, howdy, did it fall apart after that? Yeah. That's one shining moment. It sure did. But coming back to 2021, um, we'd love to hear another song of yours. All right, let's play one. Let's do, uh, let's do Quarantine Blues. We had a, it's going to be in F major. So we did a, I feel like this is, this is a, we wrote all these, before the, before the lockdown, we were doing a lot more like kind of dancey, kind of campy stuff, more crampsy. And then the lockdown came and like life got tamer, so we wrote all these kind of slower, more acoustic jams. And uh, I, uh, I, this is one of them that I think is just like, this is one of my favorite ones. This one's called Quarantine Blues.
just looking for a good time Never mind the cost I took a shower today I slipped into a pair of shorts The first time in a week or two And I think that they were yours Send me back to bed Crying at my walls Just looking at my phone and Wishing you would call Just looking at my phone and Wishing you would call Take it away Quarantine Blues. Quarantine yes. Blues. Yeah. You're going to be you. playing all these tracks uh, real soon, live, and people are going to catch it. Yeah. <laughs> so great. I'm like, thinking about, like, uh, I don't even know, like, who to contact for festivals <laughs> right now. Because, yeah, um, like, calling bookers is easy, but people, I don't know who the committee, you'd, like, talk to a whole committee. Oh, actually, I was talking about this with, uh, with our booker, someone, and she said we should start hitting up, like, City chambers of commerce because they always have to get registered. They have to register festivals, which sounds so boring to me. But you, know, <laughs> you gotta really start somewhere, right? That's, that's what I was thinking now. Like, what about yeah. the Bluegrass Festival? Uh, Harley Strigley. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to play that. I would love to play that, but um, I honestly, I don't know if we have the clout for them to hit us up. Like we're doing, we're doing good, but. Um, Obviously, they haven't heard of us yet, because if they had, we'd probably be playing it. Yeah. I was like, have they played that yet? That would be sick. You could, if someone can uh, help us out with that, yeah. we're down to play hard yeah. for sure. Yeah, we would definitely uh, relish the opportunity and put it to good use. We'll definitely uh, we'll get the hips swaying. And the, 
Let's make Let's it happen. It. Mutiny Radio fam, Sounds from the Street fans, uh, you know, put the good word out. There's also, I don't know what kind of music it is. I don't know if it would even apply to, quote unquote, the type of music. Uh, but there used to be Treasure Island Festival, and now there's a different festival, and I don't know that much about it. Put a flea market there, like probably once a month. I mean, we've played we we've played some pretty bizarre lineups. We had before before uh, the showtime, we were playing this. Um, we did two years at this festival called Ohm Rising, oh, which yeah. was like so. It was such a oh, such a stylistic God. mismatch, but it it wound up working weirdly well. Like. Uh, it was like a really holistic, uh, like yoga centered kind of mm-hmm. thing. Well, it was <laughs> absolutely beautiful. Like we were out in the redwoods, um, somewhere in Mendocino County. Nice. And um, <laughs> and we were like the only band that sounded anything like us. So it was all like like Andy McKee style finger tappers and like chanting and drum mm-hmm. circles and stuff. Um. And we were up there playing like like what we play, like kind of doo y kind of surfy, like Love Potion Number Nine, kind of weird sometimes and. It was like, I, it was at first, at first, at first, everyone was like, "What the hell?" And then, <laughs> and then we played like "Love Potion Number Nine, and there was it was a ton of old hippies. Like it was a bunch of like old white haired people there too. We there still, were. We still, we still see some of those cats like yeah. down here in the bay. Yeah, but I think we, I think we, we hit them with "Love Potion Number Nine, and all the like actual the people that were there when that song actually came out were like, "Oh, I see what these guys are doing. All right, okay." And then it was, <laughs> and then it was all good after that, and uh, it was like. Awesome, it was. I, love playing I miss it. Yeah, it was like summer camp. They gave us a. Ca- they gave us a cabin. There was like a stream that we could go oh, swimming did? in nearby. Yeah. That's fed a us sick and stuff. We, we had like a, we had, yeah, we only played for like one night, but we. Well, yeah, it was only. I mean, we played. They gave us Friday night, and it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So. When was this? I will gladly offer my career coaching services. This was two thousand. <laughs> I think the no, first one. Time of the year. Oh, oh, um, it's in oh, August. August. Okay, yeah. I've heard of it. I did not know was, that much about it's it. It's tight. Okay. Yeah, it was it was a really good time. It's definitely. I mean, there is there's a lot of um, the, there's not a lot of skepticism there, which can be kind of weird sometimes. I saw some people talk giving like lectures where I was like, "You're a flimflam. You're a flimflam man. You're a flimflammer. You're you're flimflamming all these people in your white robes, looking like Jesus." But other people, there's a bunch of most. You can't say that. Man. Most of the people, most of the most of the people that we met were totally nice, just out there to have a good time and like try and do something Chill. kind of more holistic they're, they're than just, yeah, they're just sharing their, their life, love, man. It was great. It was yeah, great no, time. it was it was awesome. We want to go there, it. just ha- have hotels. There was only that one dude with the white robes, alright. Oh one, yeah, it was only one guy. No, and his <laughs> and his wife or whatever <laughs> she was, also with white robes. <laughs> whatever <laughs> she was, one guy, just just handing just handing drugs out. It was awesome. It was so oh my weird. god, isn't that where they go once a year, like the Bohemian Grove, like? I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yes, it is. It's near there. Shit. We're driven by that. That's crazy. Like, it's a real thing. It's not made up. It's not. This is a real thing. But like, he's yeah. the way you were making it sound like, like exaggerated. Like, there was a lot of like flim flamming. No, 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 no. There wasn't. There, 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 there wasn't a lot. It's just like coming, coming from like you know the the cynical modern society and and listening to a lot of podcasts about cult leaders. I was like. <laughs> he's like oh, it it's was like my my radar was my radar was maybe more on than it should have been really. I should have just put on a white robe and dug it. Like, <laughs> I should have just gotten into it harder. You do did. like what Gloria Steinem you, did. You, <laughs> you got to fit in, right? I did, yeah, I did party with them. You have to days. fit in to get the to get the scoop, right? Dude, yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed every second of it. I, I did too. I, I it sounds it. cool. Yeah, we've had some. We've played. We've played some random events that we, were like we've not. Raves. Yeah, we played, a, we played. A, we played. A, we played. A, we played. We played. 
we played a renegade like rave thing renegade. out in New Year's. That was a, like, oh man, it was such a long drive, and there was there was like mud all on the road, so we had to oh, carry God. all of our gear like a half mile by hand. Shit. To fortunately, our <laughs> bass player is very strong. Which was good. He's so into Because we had to carry all this stuff like a half mile to get out there. And then it was all like Psytrance DJs and then us. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so bizarre. But I think people kind of like, they were no, like excited really to see a band. Every time I go to like DMA or I go to like Emporium or any spot where they're doing DMA. like hardcore, like all those DJs knew, like know me because we played that show. Hell yeah. That's tight. <laughs> you got like, the hook up. We definitely stood out in the lineup as just being <laughs> You gotta break the different. break the stereotype in yeah, a way or test it rather. Push the boundaries. Like, I, I go to like all sorts of music. I go to like reggae shows, I go to funk shows, I play in different bands to play different kind of music. Like I definitely get down with the EDM scene too. Yeah, EDM. I've been to an EDM show many years ago. I'm a bunch of robot music for robot people. No, I'm kidding. It's great. You know, they're just hidden. hidden. It's more like this. That's what. Yeah. And then. House. House is like one of my personal favorites. I can get down the house all night. The house. Did you go to Ruby Sky back in the day? Ruby Sky. That's why I was laughing. You said you didn't like it. It's the crowd. It's the crowd. It's the crowd that goes. I definitely stand out in that crowd because I don't. Right. And it was people who came from outside of the city and. You know, I think what you're looking for is you're scared of the wooks. Of the what? The wooks, aren't you? What's the wooks? Exactly. <laughs> I'm scared of it now. Uh, look it up. Uh, but I'm so excited. Bands are playing too, too there. Much, too much to explain right now. Okay, maybe off it, off off the air, just to be safe. Um, but yeah, seeing bands again, it's gonna be fantastic, and uh, just excited to the Roaring Twenties, twenty twenty one, right? Yeah. They've been making some jokes about it. Don't believe it yet. Maybe the ghost of Al Capone's gonna come back. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> we can only dream. Is Capone in the twenties or forties? I think it was the twenties. Yeah, because that was, it was and pro- the 30s. prohibition was how mm-hmm. he made his money. Yeah. My great grandparents. That was their time. Just uh imagine just like being at the club, like we're playing some music, and then Capone walks in, just like shoots like four dudes, and then leaves. We can't do anything about it. I think it's you just should, like I think you should film that skit. <laughs> we just can't do anything about it. It's like, hey man, did we stop playing? <laughs> we gotta keep going. That would be a good sketch Roger comedy. Died skit. Over there, man. <laughs> just dead. You, keep you could play at the the bar that he used to frequent in Chicago. I think it's it's still there. I went there, the Green Lounge or whatever it's called. There's still some, still some remnants of the old days, the good old days. <laughs> yeah, unless you got like a tooth infection or something. Oh unless yeah. Unless you got a toothache, and then right. they're like, "Well, here's a shot of whiskey, son. Grab past me my hacksaw. I'm gonna right. take off half this man's jaw." <laughs> here's the heroin. Here's the cocaine. Oh yeah, that yeah. would have been. You got ghosts in your blood. That right? would have been dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Just like... You got ghosts in your blood. The, like, the, the cure-all. <laughs> yeah, whatever you're sick with, this will cure you for like an hour, but you'll be cured for that hour. And then you'll be dead. Because <laughs> we don't know if this works. <laughs> Everyone can do heroin at least one time. Oh, be boy. Be fine. Promise. Oh boy, that's that's just I, one time. I do just not endorse time. that. Don't do just, heroin. Just once. Don't don't do heroin. I think I would <laughs> rather do cocaine than heroin if I had to choose, just to be safe. Yeah. Or not. I'll just be addicted. The, the Helltones do not endorse any drug use. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Marijuana, 100%. Yeah. Like smoking. 500%. Like smoking, smoking and drinking. Those, I feel like those are those are safe. Yeah. It's fine. Drinking, I've, I've been doing better on the drinking because not going out so much. But CBD, you know, it's a new, yeah. the new MJ. It I is hemp. Our new drummer does not drink at all, which I think has been, it's been like, which I respect a lot. I'm like, man, that's such an active discipline now. There's there's so many opportunities, especially as a musician, you get a lot of free drinks. So, mm-hmm. so he doesn't drink, and I, I respect that a lot. So I'm always like, whenever we're um, whenever we're hanging out, I'm always like, I'm not gonna drink as much as I would, because I feel like I would feel bad. I would feel bad if I was like the drunkest guy there. Even if it's even if it's not that drunk, I I just. I think it's a good reason not to drink as much. The drunkest guy in the room. Yeah, I don't want to be that. You I want to be that. You, you want to be uh, my homies at the bonfire? Or just no. Oh, oh God. Things? Oh, God, no. <laughs> the bonfires. Those were fun. Yeah, that's like... Gotta bring them back. It's getting warm out. I mean, I, getting warm. Getting kind of warm. It's getting warm. It was getting warm till like two weeks ago, right? And then it was like... Cold front came back. <laughs> back into the winter clothes, you know? Don't get too comfortable. It is the Bay Area and San Francisco. Oakland's a little bit warmer. I think it's like 40 degrees right now in Reno, though. Is it? Just, just surprising. Like, wow. I don't know just talking about it. Maybe because of the water? It's the little lakes over there, like Tahoe? I, I ain't no meteorologist. They're cleaning the lakes. I heard that. They're like diving into the lakes and oh, Lake Tahoe! I actually I did hear about that. I think that was on NPR or something. Yeah, they were saying like they're gonna they're diving and just pulling out like hundreds of pounds of trash. That's awesome. You wouldn't think it was dirty looking at it. It looks like I a know. jewel. It looks like a like a a sapphire. It was pretty clean the last time I was there, but that was a couple of years ago. We gotta talk to the fishes. We need to talk to Aquaman. See how he feels about it. How is it, dear Aquaman? What's his name? Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. How's life down under? I don't think he'd even respond to me. Yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah, he'd be like, stop annoying me. It's like, like, come on. Come on. Come on. There's a new Aquaman coming out too, right? Perfect opportunity to ask him about Lake Tahoe. Yes. Just don't, interv- don't interview him about the movie at all. Yeah. Just talk about like bodies of water. Does, I feel like he's a musician. Is he a musician? Does he play music? I, I've seen a lot of videos of him handling guitars, but never actually oh. playing. Yeah, I've never I, think seen him I don't play. know why. I've never seen him playing one either. I was thinking the same I thing. I think he's maybe like dabbles. Yeah, like he just has that persona or that like air about him where you're like, he's totally been a front man at some point. A lot of charisma. But maybe that's just me. Just just wondering. Just, just. I mean, man, I remember watching Game of Thrones. I was like, this guy is tight. Yeah. <laughs> That show was intense. Yeah, it really ended badly. As everybody, ever, ever, I sure know. Anyone who's seen it knows that last season, last couple seasons of garbage. Sucked. But man, I, the the um, it sucked ass. The yeah. the the books. I I finally got around to reading the books. And I they have are them. So good. I haven't read they them yet. They are gripping. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. There's like, that, I mean, the first it's like okay. the first season. Good it's like know. the first season, but it stays that good the whole time. Yeah, I caught on, I guess I want to say like five years ago, so like the last couple seasons, but I was hooked. I was like, this is some, I mean, it's based on like real events. I mean, there's, you know, the, uh, what's his name? George R. R. Martin elements of fantasy interpretation, but it's based on like real shit that happened. Like, yeah. Yeah, I thought there's there's a lot of there's a lot of little side characters in the books that don't really get around to. Somewhere on season four, it really the show really diverges from the books mm-hmm. and starts going downhill, honestly, because like the the story that the story that the books t- 
tell is so like tight and i don't mean like like sick like it's like internally consistent all the rules stay consistent all the character arcs make sense huh. in the way they weave together and i really i think my favorite thing about it is it's like it is fantasy but it doesn't go too far down the like oh we've got to secure Galadriel's Galadriel to fight the dragon. Like, he doesn't go too far down that road. It's like, it stays believable and it stays believable. pretty realistic. Yeah. I've, I've never sat through a full episode in my life. Believable. It's <laughs> not the word I would ever use for that. I mean, well, you've never seen it then. How would Galadriel's, you know? Galadriel's Galadriel. I've never sat through a full episode. I've seen oh. like, multiple, like, you saw Nippets. like one dragon. You saw a dragon doing yeah, like one thing. Yeah, I saw like a dragon doing some stuff for like 20 minutes and I was like, what? And then there's like this Ice King guy. Yeah. I was like, wait, how is this believable? I mean, there's like a dude who was like 18 feet tall. Was it's fantastical. Well, I didn't, I Speaking it. as someone who has seen every single episode, I will tell you that most, because believable. most of it is not like that, it's that's what makes okay. it believable. Okay. Like the majority of the show is like people doing people things. Okay. I remember there was like a, a, like a slaver episode and I was just like, oh, I definitely don't want to watch this now. I mean, it was which, tight. Which one? Dragon Queen kills uh, kills the slavers and uh, frees the slaves. Oh yeah, that one. I was like, which one do you mean? <laughs> down in Pentos. Oh wait, no, not uh, you know what? I'm There's not gonna. I'm not gonna go down like, that road. <laughs> I, was, I forgot I, I, all the I, names. I think what really made me not want to watch it was like the one episode I was watching with a homie. The only brown person I saw was a slave, and I was just like, oh. Uh, oh yeah. Some of them were like Maria or I was whatever. Like, I can't there were, there were, no, there were, there were not a lot of black people in that show. It was mostly white people. This is true. It was like the only one I saw because it was like I just so happened to be that episode. No wonder it got canceled. <laughs> I was just like, I can't. Do that. Well, her, um, what's her name? Daenerys, her, her sidekick. I forgot her name, but she was. Oh, uh, Ashanti. Ashanti. Yeah. Ashanti's in it. Yeah, she was. <laughs> I guess she, she did. No, her no. real name's like N- Natalie oh, Emmanuel or something. This is not. Ashanti. Was it Ashanti? I hope it was a shanty because yeah. otherwise I just you can look it up I just blew my credentials. But uh, <laughs> but that yeah yeah yeah, the, yeah she that's the only one I did, can think of. I guess she had I think she had more of a character arc towards the end. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have blanked out the last seasons. I forgot what happened because they were not as good as the first one. They were silly. They killed Daenerys. Whoops. Come on, man. What if I do? What if I somehow change my mind this very moment? Wanted to watch it. You could. Well, they're they're Just doing whatever. like a prequel series or something that's gonna be coming out, but maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. Uh, what else as, am I gonna do? As long as George R. R. Martin actually wrote it, because I feel like that was that was it was there's a, a lot of shows that were doing kind of similar things <laughs> at that time, but the reason that Game of Thrones was so good was just because it wasn't like relying on special effects and like and, and like. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't relying on all the like cheap little tricks that a lot of similar shows relied on. It actually it had like the the pillars that kept that whole thing up were just good story and good characters, like really well developed. Like you feel like you know these people in your actual life when you when you read it. And when you, I guess when you watch the first season too, that's what got me into it. I was like, dude, I've met Robert Baratheon. My Mike Wright, the <laughs> songwriter true. from that band that I gave you a tape of, Butch Nasty and the Blackout Kids. He was a real, real Robert Baratheon. <laughs> and a great theme song to boot. Yeah. Yep, fire. Well, anyways, it was great uh, to meet you guys and, ch- and chat it up and uh, see what you guys have been up to. 
Um, yeah, do you have any new material that's going to be coming out at some point? Oh yeah, yeah, we've been putting out we've been putting out maybe a song a month recently. We got all these songs that we recorded before uh, our our old drummer Paul Paul Bowman, who was my high school buddy. We we we've been playing in bands for like years, but he finally got tired of being a musician and wanted to move back to study medicine um, in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And so before he left, we did a bunch of recordings just in our practice space. So they're all um, they're all like. It's not like the slickest production, but also I feel like the, I think they actually sound a little better than some of our studio recordings just because I've just had them on my computer and I, every, I'll like, I'll just tinker with like one thing and then let it sit for like a week and listen to it a bunch of times and then I'll go back and change. I've, there's just, there's no limit to how much time I can spend on it. So if there's something that's bothering me, I can go back and fix it without being like, oh, we have to pay 45 bucks an hour, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we're putting out about a new song once a month. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. The, the last song is oh, Catman. Was Catman. Catman. Which we should play, actually. If yes. We, we have a couple of minutes. Let's do it. Yeah, let's play Catman. It's on that CD. Uh, or you can go on Spotify or whatever. Whatever you got. Uh, Catman is not on that. Oh. Catman's a single. It's on Spotify. Can we not do it com- from the computer? Oh, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would play it from that way. Yeah. Not like, not the human realm. Yeah, well, tell us, uh, tell us about your latest recording session. Um, well, we just like, we only had two, we had, we had, yeah, yeah, we had a, this thing, we had this, the interface, the audio interface, the thing that takes the sound from the mixing board into the computer only had two inputs. So instead of like being able to multi-track everything like you would in a studio, mm-hmm. we got everything mic'd up, and then and then we put that into a like a sixteen-channel mixer, and then it was just those two tracks. It was like going into a tape machine. Like we couldn't, you couldn't go back and fit. We just had to get a good take. So we did takes just the instrumentals, um, and I had just the band, and then Moody on a separate track. Oh yeah, uh, we could go on um, uh, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, YouTube. Yeah, go to YouTube. Anyways, after uh, after we we did the instrumentals, we just I just had the singers come in, kind of in there free time and just come over to my house and do the uh, do the singing parts one at a time which was nice it was just like a, there was a, a nice leisurely pace to the whole process no. oh maybe we should do one off the CD so that we don't have to uh... there's some good songs on that one I like uh, I like uh, what, should we, what, should we, what should we play you want to play it in one minute no 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 Catman's gotta have the band 